Welcome back to the first Leaderville podcast of 2021. I'm joined by Miles, Jaden, and Wilbur, as always. This time, a bit special. We're all on Zoom, boys. Yes, locked in the different pod. Doing it differently. Well, quick welcome back to Jaden as well. The solo's got the axe after one one episode. He was never going to last long. I listened to the podcast and, um, yeah, it was a good effort by Carl, but... He think, I think he needs to focus on his captaincy. Yeah, he kept up pretty well, but unsustainable. True. Um, first up, we've got our off-field news, and then we'll yes. delve into our summaries from round 7, 8, 9, and 10 through all the teams. We've got our barbecue roast. We've got a uh, very special interview again with another club captain. Uh, we've got our fantasy segment, and then we'll finish off tracking our predictions for the seasons, our fun police, and our legends of the month. So, off the field, our podcast was taken pretty well again. Yes, I've, I've got the post here. Um, it's good to see the engagement from the fans. It's been lacking a little bit this year, so it's, it's good to see them back. Tell you what, though, Carl went down a treat. Uh, Mike O'Day says that Carl has indeed improved the content. So, look, looks like Leachy is on thin ice. Strong statement. I think that might have something to do with Lisa blocking me on Facebook. Yeah, well, oh, didn't that happen a while ago? What's that, JD? I think there's a bit more to it, do you? I think there's a bit more to it. That's right. Well, a, lot of, a few other there comments. Was. A few other comments. Mark Thomas, quality content once again. Keep up the good work, lads. So uh, thanks for that, Mike's. Um, you release the podcast on time, JD, at Michael Thomas's satisfaction. He is a stickler. Yeah, he's, for, he's not a very patient man, is he? Very true. He just um, wants to listen to it. He, he just him. wants you to play your role, mate. You can't blame one role when he wants you to more, do it. Want more of this greatness? He has a bit of patience when he's only meant to stay to 3 p.m. at a game, but then when he starts hitting runs, he doesn't <laughs> mind staying a couple of extra hours, does he? True. More on that later. Ty Glynn, he said he can confirm that he didn't want to go and be the square leg umpire. So when Carl's he's filled in, been 12th man for Carl, and Carl's made him go and uh, do the job no one wants to do. Carl put him words in his mouth. He was actually at one of our recent games down at Leadable and I saw him sitting there when we were batting and I actually offered him to go square leg again. And I can't repeat the language on the podcast, but from what he said to me, I think he made it very clear that he did not, in fact, want to go square leg. Fair enough. Um, other, comments from, other comments from Jude. Uh, Prouty, he wants to see Kyle get a regular spot and see if Justin can get down to the club more often. Um, <laughs> one from Barry saying... Hi, Carl. So sorry for dropping a catch. So it's good to see Barry remorseful for his on-field performances. <laughs> That's good he's listening, though. He is. Once he, uh, he came on last year, he was, uh, he's been converted to close to super fan status, has Barry. And it's good. He's, he's acknowledging his mistakes. <laughs> Did hear him say sorry. So there we go. New things happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we had some news about Umesh come through we spoke about it last podcast and probably the podcast before. Um, his name's come up again. Yeah, well, look, we thought that we'd caused a retirement here on the podcast, but looks like Umesh just could not stay away. Um, I'm not sure how much this has to do with a new baby arrival and maybe he wants to get out of some nappy changes or something, but he's officially backflipped on that retirement and he's back on the pitch for the LCC. I think maybe it was just a bit of a publicity stunt. Just what it was. On the podcast, can't blame him really. Everyone wants to get on here. Strange in the batting as well for Raj, so there's no mucking around there. I mean, he did say that if he had a better captain, he would have taken 200 wickets, but he didn't mention that if he had a better captain, he may have had 5,000 runs next to his name. (laughs) True. Outrageous claims. So Australia Day has been and gone as well since our last podcast about a week ago, a week ago tomorrow. So we had our, what do we have, a 2020 on that day down at the club. Jaden, do you know how that one went? Uh, I remember on Saturday, Clues saying it was one of the most enjoyable games he's played in. And Clues did tell me he took three catches, which is pretty rare given that a couple of games ago, he ended up in the emergency department at Joondalup with broken sunnies and bleeding from his face. But there was one incident that caught my eye and that was... Gavin Smith bowling to Jake Ricks, and Jake Ricks has tennis-style smashed the ball back 
towards Gav and Gav has attempted to flinch and try and catch the ball, but it's just gone straight into Gav's face. <laughs> and he's hit the deck. And he's Is that the video deck. that Ennis posted? Yeah, that was a video that Ennis posted. So it's good to see some good quality content out from the Oz Day game. But I think the President's Eleven beat the BC Eleven. So uh, I think Raj will have a bit more info on that. But mm. yeah, it's good to see some Oz Day cricket going, going on at Britannia. Yes. Yeah, for sure. A good day for everyone involved. Last podcast, or it might have been the one before, we mentioned how uh, Lewis King was fronting up to the games, the games with Carl, having a little nap before he went out to bat. Apparently, this has not slowed down whatsoever. He's in remarkable off-field form at the moment. He had uh, rocked up to Britannia a couple of Saturdays ago, fresh off a boat party for Triple J Hottest 100. And this was at 6pm and he had drank 24 seltzers and he just wanted more. There was no stopping this guy. <laughs> and he continued on at Shrek's engagement party and he spent the night with the Faroo family and got pretty familiar with them. So and those was introductions all around. Yes, that's, that's what I've heard on the rumour mill. I've also heard that the, uh, the roundabout outside the Oxford has never seen so much spew in its entire existence. <laughs> Unconfirmed rumour, though. Yeah, right, that's what 24 Celsius would do to a man. And then he's uh, continued his form. This week he's also rocked up, uh, lost the change room game twice, uh, took his shirt off just after pros at the club. Look, it's, it's behaviour that I find tough to explain. It's a sight for sore eyes. Or, or it makes your eyes sore, maybe. But um, what, what else is promising is uh, super fan Mike O'Day. A few weeks ago, we told him we want him commenting more on the leadable posts. And not only has he been doing that, but he's been expressing countless views on Australian cricket as well. He's taking his uh, commenting game to a whole new level altogether. Have you seen some of this, Miles? Jaden? Makes his opinion very known on the socials. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Credit to Mickey. He always seems to respond when we call him out. I know last year we called him out for never having a beer at the club and then two weeks later, there he was, a couple beers down, uh, talking his usual business. So credit to Mickey. He's That's why he's super fan status is because he responds whenever we call him out. So shout out to Mickey O'Day. He is obviously gunning for uh, a job on the Australian cricket selection panel, though, because he's got a few views to be heard and he's not afraid to, to let Facebook know about it as well. So invariably, anytime cricket.com.au puts a post up, there, there Mike is, you know, select, telling us to select some WA players or, or whatever else. Yeah, it is good to see when we give feedback that it's taken on board, though. Always what you want to see in the super fans. It's true. Well, uh, um, and Wilbur, you yeah. might have some more uh, info on this one for us. We've had some more fresh fresh faces come through our ranks. Uh, the Fasolo Academy is building once again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's building and then diminishing. It just, it's like a constant up and down in that academy. Um, there's been lots of, I think it's been 11 debutants in D-grade this season, mm-hmm. which is quite a stat, but um, the problem is the retention of these players. Once they're there, they don't tend to stick around for too long. So a bit of work needs to be done there. But we had, yeah, Bailey Gregson came down for two games and then disappeared back to Subi. Uh, we had Will Starkey, brother of JP, make his debut on the weekend. Um, and the Love Twins, who've played a few games now, but they've also filtered through D-grade a couple of times as well. Can you tell us a bit about the Love Twins for those who don't know? As I believe Tom Love going into the weekend had a batting average of 153. Uh, yes, and he didn't play on the weekend, so he still has a batting average of 153, which is massive. Uh, only been dismissed once, I believe. He's made a 90 not out, and last week for us in D grade, he managed to hit a 56 not out off roughly 20 balls, which included five very large sixes. So. Might have a big future at the club, young Tom Love. And a very good run out as well to go along with it. Any clue how him and his brother Oscar came to the club? Um, not a clue at all, actually, no. have to do some more research on that one. You might be better off answering that one, I think. Do you know more on that one, Jaden or Miles? No, I've got no info, actually. Um, I've heard they're former <laughs> state volleyballers. 
Um, very, very mysterious. Mm. Just appeared one day. Big fans of the show, though. Right. Yeah, they'll be listening. I'm sure, I'm sure. sure they'll be listening. They kept messaging me during the week, asking when the podcast was going to come out. So here we are. Is that true? Yeah, right. I'm not surprised. They love it. Speaking of commitment to the club. Yeah, we've also had uh, our fest- festivity season come through, roll through since the last podcast, um, including, you know, all the usual Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year's. But um, some some club members didn't even raise an eyebrow. They didn't even notice that it was holidays. Yes, we did see Raj post a video on Christmas of, I believe it was, Kasun batting in the nets. And it certainly attracted Proudy's interest saying, who is that guy? But it was Transperth bus driver Kasun. And, I mean, it's great commitment from the Sri Lankans to be having a hit on Christmas Day down at Britannia, given a lot of those guys live in Baldivis and Queen's Park. And maybe it's testament to why G-grade are top of the ladder. On Christmas Day... I did listen to a podcast recently where Chris Judd said that he used to train on Christmas Day to get an advantage uh, from his opposition because who would train on Christmas Day and maybe the Sri Lankans have taken a leaf out of Chris Judd's book. I think they're listening to the Juddy podcast. I think they may be. I can actually see a lot of uh, Brayshaws doing 100-100s. I can see a lot of similarities between Kasun and Chris Judd as well, so fair enough. Both powerhouses. Last thing on the uh, social news... We've got some more big events coming up. Jaden or Miles, do you have some more info on that? Well, I guess all we can say about this is that there's been an appetite for the social committee of last year to to return and look, they've answered the call. We've answered the call. So two big events coming up at the club. Uh, you, you, the curry night on the 13th of Feb. Everyone who, who's been to one of those knows what the, what the go is there. It's such a good day. Um, and... It's also, you ask and we shall deliver. Horse racing is back for another year. Massive event uh, on the 13th of March. So Very exciting. Make sure to book your book that one out in your calendars. Unmissable. Get it back to the glory days from a couple of seasons ago. But, yes, that's big news indeed. Great nights, both of them, always. Now, hopefully Andy Manese gets dice in hand once again. <laughs> That might get a bit dangerous. Now, there has been four rounds since we last recorded and there's been news in every single grade. So, Miles, do you want to take us through the A-grade form over the last few rounds? Yeah, A-grade a uh, through this block of, of one day has been a bit, uh, bit up and down, I'd say. Um, unfortunately, A-grade has not made the one-day grand final. Um, so, for anyone unaware, one-day grand finals have been locked in and we'll go through each team whether they're they're in it or not but um, we started out pretty promisingly joe costa's made his debut into a grade and has made an immediate impact bowling batting you name it but look that's almost where the the good news about our batting's ended mark ennis is probably the only other one to to write home about with the stick otherwise it's been uh, a bit disappointing so we're normally struggling to get over 150 these days in the a grade despite having up to 10 genuine bats so Husey was, batting, Husey was batting at 10 two games ago. So that sort of shows that the bats are coming thick and fast into the club. Um, the bowling line has been doing a, a reasonable job, I think. Um, two bowlers over 20 wickets in A grade so far, so it's not too bad. But look, we're going to have to uh, put in a big effort to, to stay in the top four because it's a tight race in A grade, currently in fourth. Must be pretty frustrating for someone like yourself, Miles, with these consistent low scores by the batting outfit. No, nah, look, I mean, I mean, you're, you're obviously doing your job with the ball, taking countless wickets, and to be honest, for the batters to yeah, I've been chatting with Ivo a bit, um, and we've got pretty used to the idea of um, coming out every game and trying to defend, uh, limit the opposition team to 140 because we think that's about the uh, the limit of our A grade bats at the minute. So. So it's gotten to the point where you've just lost all confidence in their lineup. Well, look, I I wouldn't say lost all confidence, but I I'd like to see a little bit more, especially from look the A grade number twelve batter actually does average sixty with the bat this year. So look, you've got people waiting in the wings ready to step up onto the crease, and they're just not being utilised. So you're saying that the batting order should be reversed. Look, well, with a average score of hundred. Over the last couple of weeks, can't hurt, can it? 
Fair enough. Something Fair enough. change. They do. They do say that uh, form is temporary, though, and still got yeah. how many? How many more rounds until our normal finals? Yes, three more rounds. Do you want to say, Justin? Class is permanent, and I would argue that the A-grade number 12 bat is the classiest in the comp. <laughs> Who's the number 12 A-grade bat at the moment? Why are you so obsessed with it? Oh, I'm not, not naming names specifically. It um, just happens to be me, though. So Yeah, right. thought something was going on there. Anyway, moving on to our C-grade uh, before we run out of time. Jaden? How have they been going? They're great. They've been going very well. In fact, they have qualified for a one-day home final and Warwick did them a favour and beat uh, Kingsley. So that means that Seagrade will have a one-day final at home, which is awesome. So a couple of stories out of Seagrade. We were playing in Yamship uh, two, three weeks ago. And, you know, Yamship, you don't really know where you're going. You're following Google Maps, obviously. And Jack Hutchinson has ended up on a sand track on the way to the ground and he thought must have thought, oh yeah, there'll be a, there'll be the ground at the end of this road and he's gone halfway up the sand track and has gotten bogged. <laughs> now when you get bogged, you know, you're you're stuck there, but who comes to the rescue? Dean Adamson lucky enough had his full drive and got Jack Hutchinson out. So anyway, Jack Hutchinson rocked up late. And this was his first game in third grade. It would have been probably his second or third uh, third game in history in the second eleven. And he's taken five far. So more often, you got to get bogged more often. So <laughs> massive rap to Jack Hutchinson getting bogged on the way to Yanship. A uh, couple more stories out of C grade. Ash Day had taken five far in seven overs in the first game back after the break. Um, he had one over left to take his six foot to get free piss, and he had two drop catches off his bowling. Off six balls. Six balls, two drop catches. Can we name some names? Can we name and shame? Yeah, who were they? Um, don't know if I want to do that. I will not dog on my teammates, Miles. Ooh. It just looks like you're uh, making excuses for poor fielding standards. Yeah. Are you uh, covering up for yourself with me? But one of them was a new young fella to the club. So. I don't want to make him feel bad. Miles, do you know who they were? I actually don't. I'm genuinely curious. Mm. Uh, a wiki keeper and a young fella. So mm. following on from that. Jimmy Kerrin, one of the love twins for anyone interested. <laughs> anyway, on to the batting depth. Uh, it's been carried by a couple guys each game. Batting spots will be interesting come finals, as will bowling spots with you got Ash Day, Mitch Hardy, Harsha probably locked in. you got a bit of a battle on between Hutchie, Graz, Oscar Love, Mike O'Day if he's playing. So the bowling is there. Lots of good quality bowling. But so for a couple of batsmen to step up. Anyway, the lads are currently second on the ladder. And uh, another good batting performance to note was Gav Smith on the weekend. 59 in the second 11. Winding back the clock. Winding back the clock and given the A-grade's batting woes, he could be someone to come Who would have thought? He yeah, actually made a funny comment when I said to him a couple of weeks ago when he was batting three in um, when Wilbur was captaining the D-grade troops. And I said he was running back the clock and he uh, just mentioned that it was an old grandfather clock that he was trying to wind back and it doesn't work anymore. So <laughs> the fact that he's then gone up and made 59 in the team above is just unreal. Now, Wilbur, but is it really that unreal? Because it is, I mean, it is. I did Carl. back him to win the Leos, but um, he hasn't been <laughs> too promising. Because, as you mentioned, Carl missed a game of D grade last week and yeah, got to so take I mean, over the reins. And Carl's been hiding him down at eight, nine all season. And I knew deep down, Gav's got the runs in him. So the second, the first decision I made as captain was Gav Smith straight up to number three. And we reap the rewards in D grade. He made 40 for us. So to see him make 59 in the team above doesn't even slightly surprise me. And it's just a matter of who's Are leading the team. you saying he had even a, a partial role in his newfound form, Wilbur? I'd say I single-handedly found in his form, yeah. Wasn't getting the opportunity. Carl wasn't giving the opportunities. It just took a good captain to give him that chance. And that's yeah, what he got. And now look at him. Continue and keep um, wrapping up. How's D grade been going the last few weeks? Oh, we've had a very good run. Um, we managed to win five games in a row, which was pretty good effort. 
Um, but unfortunately, we needed to win on Saturday to make the one-day grand final, and we suffered a pretty heavy defeat, so we won't be featuring on that Sunday. Heard Drew Lott talk into you about the loss. Uh, not so much about the loss. They were more abusing abusing our players, which isn't what you want to see, but um, they had a much better team than us. They played a lot better than us, so... I heard it was a bit of revenge about um, the last time you guys came up against them. Yeah, is it a case? Oh, look, I don't, I don't want to go into it too much because the case is currently in the courts. You can't can't discuss too much about it, but... How bad it was. You've got uh, Andy yeah, Pace defending you guys though, right? Uh, well, we decided to go down another avenue. I know you mentioned about supporting people's businesses within the club, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we didn't see him as the best fit for us personally. But yeah, we degrade's been doing good. There's been oh when I say a few good individual performances, I more mean that uh, Tom McLean is probably making about eighty percent of our runs at the moment. With the fifteen of those runs, fifteen percent of those runs also coming from extras. So at some stage I'm hoping we start to start lifting our form, but and we're still sitting third on the ladder, so we can't really complain that much. Yeah, well, Tom McLean is actually leading the club in, in runs, um, and he's got more than double the next best player in, in D-grade. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Um, but a lot of that probably comes down to the fact that uh, for Solo's team would have the highest rotation of players comfortably. So there's not really many players playing a lot of games in D-grade. Yeah, for sure. I think, didn't we... Um investigate and find out that both McLean and Gregson were in the top 15-odd for leadable averages ever? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised considering what's McLean. He's had seven innings now, I think, and he is sitting on 419 runs. Yes, he averages... Uh, Pretty hard to top that. He averages 50 in the, uh, in the D grade and 85 in the F grade. So he's in imperious form. Sixty overall, not bad numbers at all. He's and definitely found his spot. Oh, definitely seems comfortable. That's for sure. Uh, um, we'll I think Sugar Cube has as well, just quietly, if Rasika's listening. <laughs> yeah, he still wants him back. I think. Uh, well, but could you keep going for us and wrap up the F grade as well, please? Oh, F grade, pretty easy one to wrap up. Really, they're sitting pretty on top of the ladder. Not looking like losing a game at the moment. They're just doing what they like down there, really. And, yeah, Drasika still seems to be a pretty unhappy man. So, I mean, not sure what it's going to take to get him to be happy with his team. I mean, I'm sure he's happy with his team, but I think it's a bit more frustration, really, between the captains rather than his team. That, but um, I heard that Rasika's been complaining that Baker isn't good enough to bat at three and he needs Sugar Cube, yet Baker's scores for Rasika go 24-62, 40 and 61, and this comes after Rasika um, well, at number 11. To be fair to Rasika, he hasn't actually said that. He said that Baker's a very good batsman, and the thing about Sugar Cube is that he needs him to bat four. So think about what you will, but he reckons that he's tried to build his whole team around Sugar Cube, and that with him in D grade, he's unable to do that, which you'd have to question considering they haven't really lost a game, I don't think, have they? I think they're still undefeated. So, yeah, I lost him. Swap. So, oh, since the Thomas cheating scandal, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're flying along. Baker's scoring runs. I don't know who's taking wickets, but someone must be. Michael Thomas actually very notable performance. Oh, Michael yeah. Thomas scored an unbeaten century. Went down for the week. Um, because and this wasn't dropped. He would. He told Kyle he was going to have to leave. Like after an hour or two, saying he had to go down south and he wouldn't be too late. And Carl's made the mistake of picking Michael for an hour previously and it almost cost us a game. So Carl said, look, Michael, I'm not going to pick you this week. I would if you were available the whole game. And so he's gone down and Rasika said, I'll play him. And I'm not sure what happened in Michael's plans, but they actually bowled first. He bowled his eight overs stuck around, opened the batting, and batted the whole entire 40 overs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, when things don't go his way with the ball, 
he's more than happy to leave before the first drinks break. Takes off. But it seems when those Leo points are up for grabs, he's, he's um, a free man. <laughs> no plans. Disability in his schedule. That's no a, plans whatsoever. That's a roastable act almost. Well, I was thinking I think, that, but then I think sort Carl, of... With Carl's on the podcast again, he'd be locked and loaded for the uh, barbecue roast. Yeah, but then I was thinking it's, all, it's pretty hard to roast someone when they've just hit 120 not out. You've probably got to give them credit more than anything. Yeah, that's um, what we would think. But again, I think if Carl was here, it would be a different story. Oh, he's a pretty angry man, actually. We better actually mention Carl's antics on the weekend. He's <clears throat> obviously been struggling for runs, Carl, so he'd be pretty frustrated himself. I've got out. I'm batting at number five. I've been dismissed the first ball I've faced after drinks to put us maybe four for 90, which isn't a great position. And Carl, I'm obviously very disappointed. I had no intentions whatsoever of hitting the ball back to the bowler. I didn't mean to get caught and bowled, just so Carl knows that. I'm walking off the field very, very disappointed. Pretty disappointed in myself. Obviously, feel bad for the team. I'm crossing the boundary line as Carl's walking onto the field. And he's looked at me, shook his head and said, thanks, mate. Now we're really in a hole. And I'm thinking... Carl, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. There's no need for that sort of comment. And I've got into the change rooms. I've taken my gloves off. And before I could even take my helmet off, I can hear the Jundalup players going absolutely mental celebrating. And I thought, there's no way. It can't be true. I've walked out. Carl has been dismissed for a golden duck. He spooned a ball straight to mid-wicket, first ball he's faced. He's <laughs> walked off the field, hasn't looked at anyone, and then... You'd, you'd be forgiven for thinking there was a gunshot in up. A gunshot's gone off, but no. Turns out it was Carl slamming his kookaburra English willow bat straight into the concrete. A Jeez. sound that echoed so loud, the fielding team made comments about it from out in the field. And just so you can paint a picture, it's about a 40-metre walk from the change rooms to the edge of the boundary of the field. So Jeez, I'm not sure so what sort of condition Carl's bat's in, but he's got his... Yeah. He's not doing too well at the moment. Yeah, it so doesn't sound like it. Carl. That's right. As I said before, form is temporary. So we'll see if Carl can come through good by the end of the season. Uh, moving on to G grade, Jaden. We'll start wrapping these teams up. There's a marvellous effort that needs to be recognised, and that's Trevor Pokey McInnes, who played 500 games a couple of games ago. That's a serious effort, and he's going to be chasing down Jez's record of which I think is 526 games but really massive um, congratulations to Pokey for getting the 500 game Mark is a excellent player of the club and an excellent bloke um, but look G grade uh, killing it there top of the ladder qualified for a home one day final I think it helps when you're hiding quality players like Chimera and Lanzon down there and even Teddy Ridden for a couple of games but We'll hear a bit more about that with Raj. Miles, moving on to H-grade, we've got some news coming, flowing through there, I think. Look, I'll tell you what, some very interesting happenings down in A-grade, mate. Well, and I think most of them actually centre around the skipper, Ross. A couple of incidents, two games in a row with Ross. Um, Number one, Ian Turner, sir, um, has has been umpiring for one of these games. Um, And Ross has walked out to bat, Um, you know, hasn't quite got his iron yet. Um, so first ball he faces, he um, he doesn't quite you know, middle middle it. He actually ends up inside edging it, um, a ball that was um, coming at the uh, you know about the thigh region ends up inside edging it onto his pads. Um, look, Ian Turner's not really one for um, to muck around, so he's gone. Look, that's enough, Ross. I'm giving you out LBW. Uh, Ross absolutely could not believe it, um, and. <laughs> More reports has um, has not been very happy about it, um, and he might have taken a bit of that frustration out on his team because the very next game, um, Troy Marshall decides to take it into his own hands um, and go. Look, Ross has been pretty shitty with us since uh, his his LBW decision, so I'm just going to have to remove Ross from the equation. So when Ross and Troy have been batting together, um, I'm not sure if it was you know it was deliberate or. Or, or not, but Troy Marshall has absolutely dropped the shoulder and run into Ross mid-pitch 
uh, while going for a single. Um, and from all reports, Ross has woken up, you know, face down in the middle of the stitch, but it looks up, sees the stumps are broken, um, and he's out, um, and he's proceeded to take the next two games off um, due to concussion. So, look, yeah. I think Troy's yeah. achieved... Precautionary the measures. Yeah, there's been no abuse of, uh, of any... Uh, team members umpiring or, or the like since Ross has been out of the team. But apart from that, um, Richard James took the uh, took the reins on the weekend. Um, very heroic. Very really capable candidate for the job, Richard. Um, obviously, you know, deals with criminals on a day-to-day basis in his job as a parking inspector. So dealing with a bunch of seventh grade, eighth grade cricketers is his child's play. Um, they're, they're actually fourth on the ladder, the eighth grade. So they've they've moved up from where they were games ago just sit inside that top four and i guess another very notable performance um two notable performances actually for age grade um number one kai turner um from averaging 12 every other season he's played for the club um he's actually come out opening the batting this year and has made his first ton um apparently he has been dropped eight times during his ton but look Good players make it count. So, congrats to our. Uh, you got to take your chances. True. Very true. So, congrats to the son of Sir for for making that one count. Um, and the other really notable performance would be from uh, from Griffin Reed Lombardo here. So he's a favourite <laughs> on the podcast. Um, look, one of his mates has uh, has decided to have a few birthday celebrations in Rockingham. Um, and Griffiths has decided to go down for the weekend. Fair enough. Um, and he's just shown, he's actually thought about, he was telling me he's thought about Raj dropping him um, for being unavailable for one weekend. And Griffin's gone, look, not doing that again, ever again. So he's actually decided to leave the weekend trip in Rockingham, come up to play the game before returning back to the, uh, back to the trip in Rocco. So look, is that sort of commitment that we're after in our, in our club members? Okay, and moving on to I-grade. Jane, do you want to take that one for us again? Yes, I-grade. The old fellas are getting it done. Lots of old fellas have played in the top grades, um, mixed in with some young blood with the young Cullies and Rixie. But, yeah, they're just getting it done. Brett Davies making runs. Bilby's taking wickets. They've qualified for a home one-day final, which means that the, all the teams, all four teams have qualified for a one-day final are all playing at home, which would be a great day on February 21st where mm-hmm. everyone can come down and watch all four teams on home at, at home at Britannia. Is that and real? We've got four home finals on one day. Yeah, all yeah. four teams qualified are all playing at home. That'll be a great day. It will be. Um, on to J-grade. They're an interesting bunch, J-grade, but they just keep getting it done. They're near bottom in the one-day ladder but they're third on the overall ladder, which is quite interesting. I guess they are two-day specialists, those guys, with guys like Andy Manish, who'd probably have a strike rate of 25, but he'd be averaging 30, 40. Andy Manish wanted to actually um, not play any two days and would just only play one days, but look, he's performing only in two days now. What about Roy Drage? Has he been getting a game much? Roy actually hasn't played a single game for the club. Okay. <laughs> More, more focus on his Facebook career, Roy. We'd, we'd love to see our Drage take to the crease. <laughs> I think the Fifo land's taken over. We've got to work I hope up. he's there on that. I hope he's there on the Sunday then, for that one-day final. All right, and that'll do us for the team wrap-ups. Uh, we'll now go to our interview with our very special guest. Now we've got another very special guest with us today. We've got our leaderboard G-grade captain with us. Raj, how are you going? Good, Justin. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, now, I'm just having a quick look over your uh, stats from this season. And in your G-grade team, you've played nine games, 12 wickets, going at 11.5 as an average per wicket, and your economy rate is 2.46. That's unreal. Uh, that's normal. Just, just normal. Just a quiet one in your book. Can't hear, mate. Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, we've got some questions for you, Raj. I reckon Lisey's going to start us off. I'll get you. 
Um, Raj, I hear there's a pretty good story about how you first came to the club. Can you explain that story to us? Uh, do we have time? Yeah, I can make it uh, very, very short. But um, yeah, I was looking for a cricket club and uh, went to Belmont and they rejected me. Uh, and, uh, they, they had enough players, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at now, we got eight teams and they got four. I think they've got two, actually. Yeah, they got no teams anymore. Ooh, okay, and um, and I used to work uh, in front of uh, Pado back then, uh, rolling kebabs. So oh, yeah. I, I had a pretty, I had pretty good customers: uh, Don Peru, uh, Faz, Dan Furu, Pina, uh, you, uh, who else? Senji. And uh, yeah, sometimes Pacta, Chile, mm-hmm. um, who else? Maybe Raj Suarez and his uh, cousin. Uh, yeah, big crew. Um, I, I didn't know these guys playing cricket or not. I don't. I don't know. Um, but one, it happened to be, it's uh, my school home ground, Britannia. Yeah, and I saw. Dom Furu uh, in the net, so that's how I joined the club. So I knew Dom from the Kerala club, and I saw him at the net. And I think the reason that I came to the club was of Dom Furu. That's a good story. So I just came down to the club, and there was a couple of your regulars there. Yeah, regular customers. Yeah, heartwarming. <laughs> that's good. So then that's I heard you came down to the club. You were picked as 12th man before you ever got a game. Is that true? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a game. Going to hard way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then we've, we've seen you. Uh, now you're a captain of the club and you've been there for a while. You've seen, we've seen you try and give other people the same induction to the club. And a good example of this is when you um, picked Daria Takor last year, didn't give him a bat, didn't give him a bowl, made him come out to the hills and then, uh, didn't give him a game and offered to buy him an ice cream after the game. Uh, is this because you experienced the same thing as a, a young man down at the club? Uh, I think, yeah, that's a good start. I think he's still around. <laughs> I don't think he is. He's not at the club. I, no, I think I saw him last week, Thursday, practicing. I don't know whether he's getting a game or not, but uh, he, he's, he's still there. Oh, okay. I heard you did that with um, that Justin Lawrence kid last year as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I think he, he's also here. So I don't I, I can't see any problem. Daria <laughs> Takor has actually not played a game for this club this year, just to just to clarify that. But he's uh, practicing. He wants to get better now. I think well, he's training hard, I think. I saw him. He's oh, there every day, four o'clock, Thursdays. I think he left he's leaving six thirty, so that's good two and a half hours training. He'll be better. Yards. Yep. He'll be All better right. next year. Now, um, you've won a, a few flags for the club. I think, what was it, two or three? Um, uh, what are the best memories that you've had from these uh, flag celebrations? The best one, I can't remember the year, but um, the best one was um, when I was the manager. I, I didn't get a game. The whole year I've been the captain, but I had to drop myself because the others are better than me. So actually gave yourself that twelfth man treatment. Yeah, manager, I call it. That's better. Can Only you Carl Fasolo knew had knew how to drop himself when he's the worst player on the team. <laughs> yeah, and, any Carl advice for Carl? What would you say to someone like Carl who might see himself in the same situation this year? I think Carl shouldn't be a captain to start with anyway. So <laughs> um I think Carl should give up. <laughs> His management is not the greatest. All right, how about we move on to the next question? Right, Raj, <laughs> can you explain why you were twelfth man for the grand final? If you've captained the team for the whole year, you get yep. the semi final, get into the grand final. How do you not play the grand final? Uh, that's a bit of a personal or maybe family, I can say. Um, family. I do know yeah. your brother Renuka plays at the club. Would that have something to do with it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he played whole season, and uh, on Thursday, just before the 
grand final, um, I dropped him. And that didn't go well because I had to drop uh, him and then pick uh, three three players from one day grade, uh, including Luke Matthews, uh, mm -hmm. I think, and then um, Parksy, and um, and I can't remember his name. He's a life member, but I can't remember his name. He's a bit short, and uh, he can talk, but he can't cr play cricket. Who's this guy? There's lots of blokes at the club that can talk but can't play cricket. Is that um, Gav Smith? No, no. no. <laughs> uh, his brother is a good wicketkeeper, second grade wicketkeeper. Oh, Gordy Gilbert. Yeah, Duncan's brother. Duncan's brother, that's right. Duncan's yeah. brother. Yeah, true. I picked, I picked Duncan's brother, uh, Luke Matthews and uh, Parksy, and uh, Renuka didn't like it, so... And uh, we had a family family gathering, and uh, yeah, I had to drop myself and pick him instead. Did mum tell you you had to drop yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's, that was the outcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, Raj. Yep. You've got a very successful driving school, and I, I'm hearing you work 16-hour days. So how do you well, how do you manage your cricket life, your family life, social life? on top of the driving school? Uh, I don't think that's true. It's not true? No. But you do uh, run false information. Yeah, I don't know who said that, but uh, that's not true. I'm busy with driving school and I'm busy with cricket and family life, yeah, all together. How's the driving school going? Uh, very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone from the club that you've given driving lessons to, can you comment on their driving ability? Uh, yeah, Jaden Leach, if he's listening. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he didn't like my uh, driving lesson, so he went to someone else. So. <laughs> That's always a good start. I mean, normally, you know, we're pretty happy to support anyone in the club who owns a business, but um, that's pretty controversial if Troy Leach has done that. Oh, yeah, but that's all right. Um, but, all right. Um, but his brother came and, yeah, he, he got his license. Well, that's good. Ryan Leach, he'll be listening as well. He's a, um, a former club member. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll change topic from the, the driving school. So you love to pick players who don't want to go up the grades, even if they probably belong above sixth grade. Uh, can you explain that? So a good example this year might be Mira. Tell Mira, how many have you got here? Um. Yeah, he's actually got um, 26 wickets this year, Jamira. So that's leading the club. When did he join the club? I think he joined last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah. 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 So I think he's enjoying at the moment. So I think let him be there. Next year, maybe he can go up. Maybe next year. Mm. So you've locked him in for the whole season. I think he's happy there. Do you think that's unfair on other clubs because they pick players who are genuine G graders and they come up against this this gun? Uh, I mean, how look at Rasika's team. Uh, where are they at the ladder? Are they on the top or the bottom? Yeah, of course. They're on the top. Okay. How about Carl's side? Top four, I think. Okay. How about second grade or C grade, we call it? Yeah, we're all in the top four. Okay, what's, the, what's the problem? Yeah, it's still not fair on the other clubs, of course. Where are you guys on the ladder? Uh, obviously, top. Do you want us to uh, exactly. be bottom? Exactly. And if you if you click last game, Rasika's side, you will find Ryan Lanson and Chamira both playing there. So what's the problem? Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive that Chamira's agreed to go up for the week, and we uh, we thank that. Obviously, it didn't happen without the part, though. Okay. I can feel it getting a bit tense, so we'll move on from that. Yeah, how about we go um, to the next question? Now, Raj, you've got a very... Uh, it was quite widely publicised that you and Ross Cook have quite the bromance. Um, so can you um, elaborate a bit more on your love affair with Ross? Uh, Ross is a good man. But I think uh, cricketing ability is... Uh, 
far worse than myself. <laughs> yeah, right. As as a player manager. As a player manager. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like a man of the people, a people person. Nah, not not a people person. I don't think so. Good friend of mine, but yeah. Right. Nothing to elaborate on that. Uh, I shouldn't say much. He's a good friend, otherwise he'd get upset, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, right. And obviously you've been very successful this season. Can you give us what maybe might what what's the secret behind your success as a team? As captain? Uh, it's it's not I think it's a teamwork. How do you do it? It's a teamwork, man. So we we try not to change much. And even the guy who doesn't contribute or not enough, I mean we know try to try not to drop them. So that involve starting warm ups before games at eleven PM, which is two hours before start time. Yeah, that that's bring the the culture into the uh, team and yeah. People get together and they talk about, you know, things things like that. So so preparation and and I think uh, Nathan Hopti is the the man is doing everything for us. Yeah. Hopti and Kasul. So you talk about team game, but it sounds like only two players are performing. Who are they? You just mentioned their name, Nathan Hobbs and Kasun. They're the two that's organizing uh, team meeting before the game. Oh, that makes sense. We've got one last question from us. Um, we know that you're a very popular member at the club, so I just wanted to know who was who is your favorite player team member at the club? Favourite player? I can say Alan Watling. Alan Watling. Mm. I don't think you guys play with him, but um, he's a really nice guy and a good cricketer, good cricketing brain, and uh, he's a gentleman. That's good. He, uh, he's a club legend for sure. Mm. Now, Raj, we've actually um, opened up, opened up the floor and got some uh, questions from our fans. They want to, they want to ask some things of you. So, uh, first up, we got one from Jack Fletcher, and he's asked um, why it's taken you so long to come on to the podcast. I never get invited. Well, that's actually not true. We've invited you quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, must have got lost in the mail. Yep. Um, we'll move on to um, the next one's from Cass, and um, he's asked, given that your name is uh, Samantha, how yep. have you come to be known by the name Raj? Okay. Samantha is not Samantha, but it's, it's Samantha. It's a Sri Lankan boy name, but here it's a girl name, so my second name is Rajika, so I use Raj, the first uh, first three letters and um, similar to Raj Suarez, his uh, first name is Rajiv. So yeah, same thing. Why don't you just call yourself Sam? Like there's plenty of boys named Sam, Sam Drabble. Um, <laughs> I don't want you guys to call Sam, no. Sam Drabble uh, and... Uh, Raj? Yeah, no. Um, uh, answer? Yeah. So our question from Shrek here is uh do you consider yourself Leaderville's greatest import? Uh I don't think so, no. I don't oh, know why can... he asked the question. Who's better? Kevin um, Cunningham? You constantly call yourself the best captain the club's ever seen. I think I am. <laughs> so who's a better import then? Kevin Cunningham, <laughs> as JD said, I reckon. Holly Cox. <laughs> Lewis Oliver? <laughs> Lewis Oliver. <laughs> He'll be listening as well. So hi, Lewis. Massive fan. Uh-huh. Maybe Kev Cunningham? Maybe, yeah, yeah. He's good. He was good. Got any names for us or? I can't name everyone, so nah. No? All right. Okay. Cool. So question from uh, Dan Faroo. Uh, so <laughs> Zit says, do you like goats? Not sure where that's come from. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah probably, probably a fair enough reaction from you. 
You just um, look as confused as we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan is a funny character. He's a good friend. Yeah. Ted Ridden wants to know, over the years, how many players have you introduced to the club? Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think uh, half, of them, yeah, half of them are still there, so I'm quite happy. Rough, rough guess, if you were to guess. 20, 30? Mm, maybe 30, but I think 20 is, is still there. Yeah, about half. Yeah. Yeah. These are both from CJ. And CJ, who is playing under you, who would probably answer this question better, but CJ wants to know, are you a good captain? Uh, cannot say I'm a good captain. I think I'm a winning captain. Would that be one of the qualities of being a good captain? Mm, yeah, yeah. And um, winning is better, you know, better version. Winning captain. Yeah, right. Being able to win. It's very important. Very important. And this last question is interesting as it seems to be that there is a one-year rotation with captains in A-grade. Do you want to be A-grade captain next year? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Is it a goal that you have? One day I will, yes. What would yeah. the team setup look like if you were A-grade captain? Would it be similar to the setup you've got in G-grade at the moment? or uh, Similar, yeah. But better, better, better environment and uh, better quality of players. Who's someone that's not in the A-grade team now that you would pick if you were captain? Uh, what one? Ryan Lanson. Interesting. Never seen Lanson on training. You talk about team environment. So that's interesting. He doesn't need to train. But would you want to be selecting players in the first team who aren't putting in that commitment? There aren't any in the first team that do those, eh? Um, uh, interesting question. Uh, depending on the player. I mean, Teddy Riddle, I will pick any day. It might be a bit disheartening for the blokes that are down there, though. <laughs> I'm mean, yeah, serious. Yeah, they need to do the training then. All right, mate, we're just about to wrap up then. Any last comments you want to make to the, the listeners? No, they're, they're doing really well. So I love the show. And, um, yeah, you guys are doing an amazing job. So keep up. Thanks, Raj. We'll be able to hear it uh, later on in the week, next couple of days. We'll uh, get it out for the people. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks, Raj. Thank just before we get on to the Barbaco Roast and the rest of the podcast, we're going to have a quick break. Due to the overwhelming content uh, from this last month, the podcast actually ran a bit longer than normal. So we'll just be releasing a part one and two. So make sure you stay tuned for the second half of the show on the part two link as well.